Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a Pin and a Napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to Headlines, Volume 2, with my good friend Casey Hall from Millard West High School. Uh, before Casey comes in here, we, of course, want to thank our sponsor for our podcast, Cossack Chiropractic, located at 144-50 Eagle Run Drive here in Omaha. Uh, coaches, if you have an athlete who is struggling with balance, neck, or spinal issues, have them go see Cossack Chiropractic. Have them give Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi a call at 402-964-0300. Follow us on a pen and a napkin on Twitter. Uh, we try to have daily coaching tidbits on a pen and a napkin, so be sure to follow us there. Uh, obviously you're listening, you're on SoundCloud or iTunes, like, rate, review, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Again, we want to help coaches hone their craft one day at a time. And if you have any suggestions, ideas, comments, uh, anything along those lines, feel free to email us at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Coach Casey, what's new in your world today? Oh, not a whole lot. Enjoyed the nice long weekend of the 4th of July, and now... Back to the heavy work schedule, I guess you could say. Ah, uh, you still got all ten fingers and all ten toes. Yes, I do. That's 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 good math. That's that's. I, mean, I hope I do anyway. <laughs> I counted correctly. Well, we both grew up in in Iowa, so I'm sure we counted correctly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So, well, um, our last headlines. This is headlines, volume two. And uh, we are uh, going to cover our, our first Headlines podcast, which was a lot of fun to do. We talked about the last dance and kind of the Bulls' place in history and how the last dance played into to coaching and, and lessons that could be learned and so forth and so on. And now we're going to, today in, in Volume 2, we're going to hit a smorgasbord of stuff. Uh, we've, we've talked about this a little bit, but we haven't talked about it a lot. We just kind of wanted to have... Uh, you guys listen along to conversations that Casey and I have from time to time here. Um, so I've got some things I wanted to talk about. I know you've got some things you wanted to talk about. Let's see how much your stuff matches up with my stuff, Coacher. That sounds good. All right. You want to go first? No, you can go first this time. Oh, God, pressure. All right. Um, well, I think the thing that, that, that everybody's talking about, which is um, the restart. Uh, getting back into things. Um, where are you guys at in, in Millard? Um, how do you think things are going? We both had a, we've both played in one AAU tournament, um, and it seems like things went pretty well. Uh, but, you know, what are you thinking about things so far? Um, I mean, it's only been, what, five days roughly since Nebraska's kind of opened up. The five on five contact stuff. And so far, it's gone well. Uh, I think I think there's a handful of girls that are already playing at AAU stuff, so they've kind of been around it. Uh, but I think I don't know how much you noticed when we played in the, our first tournament. But I mean, there was only probably forty percent of the people that wore a mat. I maybe maybe at that that might be high. I I was. More like twenty, honestly. I felt like, um, and it scares me. I we, we had workouts today, and I'm just like, you see these numbers spike, and it's like, okay, what's going to happen come 
high school football and stuff before we start basketball, and is that going to affect our season when it comes down to it in November? Yeah, you know, the I, I was really surprised how few uh, people had masks on in the facility that we were at together. Um, yeah. And and it's a large it was a it was a large field house um, with four full courts and a lot of lot of space at least four maybe even more than that. I think it might be six. Um, but um, yeah, I'm gonna get I'm gonna you say forty. I I thought it was only maybe twenty. Um, yeah. And not my, my math, like we said, my math may not be the greatest. But. <laughs> well, you're getting trumped on math from a history teacher, so <laughs> so be careful. So, um, but I was really surprised. I mean, when I went into the facilities, um, you know, they took your temperature, um, yep. and then I just made a beeline for either a spot that was a minimum of six feet away from people. Or I was with people that I would have been exposed to already, whether it's a, somebody that you know is on our coaching staff or my players. And I really tried to stay away from anything other than that. And I was really conscientious about it. I did. I, I'll admit I did not wear a mask inside, but I wasn't sitting shoulder to shoulder with other parents and and people. I, I you know I kind of you know dodged my way through to where I felt like I was in a safe place. And I was really surprised to see the number of uh, people watching that did not have masks on, which I I agree with you. That does make me worry a little bit. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I did about the same thing. I mean, I tried to, if I wasn't playing, I'd leave the building. I don't care. I would either go stand outside or walk back to the hotel or whatever, but I'd try to stay as limited as I could inside the field house there, just just for protecting myself. I mean, I didn't wear a mask either. Mm-hmm. But uh, here's my thing, is I, and I haven't asked girls this, players, what, I, what do they all feel? Because I don't feel like they, they, I mean, I don't see most girls wear, players wearing masks. No, I did not see one player with a mask on. Did you? No. And we played for for those of you listening. We played in two different tournaments at two different grade levels. So it was at the same facility. But sorry, I don't think playing with I don't think wearing a mask while they're playing. But even just like if they come to open gym or Miller West or anything like that, you don't see many kids out wearing a mask. No, and I don't know if that's because they're saying their demographic is a little more or not able to detect the disease as quickly. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like from the the science that I've seen, the the, the youth are much more asymptomatic uh, yeah. uh, rather than people our age or above. Um, and so, yeah, I could see that. I could, you know, and, and kids, kids are kids. They think they're indestructible. Whether it's COVID, whether it's driving in a car, whether it's shooting off fireworks, they just, you know, oh. the, the whole well, it's not going to happen to me. Uh, type of a thing uh, but you know I yeah I did not see I don't recall one player being in a mask and I'm sure with with the kids especially with girls probably some of that is like social pressure too like I don't want to be yeah. the only one with a mask on either so that could be it too yeah what no, my, my fear is is I mean we see the numbers spiking now 
in some states. I mean, Nebraska, it looks like it held steady over the last week anyway, but we'll see what happened with the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. But uh, my fear is as we get going, school starts, fall sports starts, and then the potential see a rise. And that, what's that do for us basketball coaches and these basketball kids? Mm-hmm. What, I mean, do we... You know, let's say we get into football season and, and there, there's going to be kids that test positive. I mean, there's just without, without a doubt. Uh, it's going to happen, um, and whether it's basketball, cross country, the, the, the tuba player, whatever. Um, yeah. let's, let's say it's a football, football kid. Um, do we shut down the whole football team? Do we just sit, do we ice, do we quarantine that kid for whatever the, the, the science mandates that, they, that that child be quarantined for? Um, how, how do we handle that? I would like to see him just quarantine that one kid, but, I mean, we've seen it happen with, with the, was it Lincoln Southwest baseball team? They got, they got it right before Legion Ball started this summer, and they had to sit out 14, day, 14 days, and they missed some games. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how the NSA is going to handle that, that's going to be very tricky. Yeah. And, and every state union. You know, yeah. they're, they're going to have a hard time with it. You know, Iowa has had, you know, I haven't heard any big outbreaks with any of the, uh, the, the state-sanctioned baseball or softball teams over there, but I haven't kept track of it as closely. But I know that's kind of been the most active state. Um, I, I did hear there was probably, I think there's four schools in, like, northeastern Iowa that shut down for the summer for baseball. Okay. Um, I think Appleton Parkersburg is one. Okay. Um, I can't. There might have been like a Cedar Rapids school. They had. They all contracted it, and I think they ended up. I don't know if they shut down for fourteen days or they just stopped because I think this week is their final week for high school baseball season. Is that okay? I think they only got like a month in. Yeah. And then it's tourney time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um. Yeah, I, you know, I, I it, it's tough because you you want to get these kids back to normal. You want to get everybody back to normal as quickly as you can, but you don't want. And and it seems like the the science is saying that most young people they're going to be very asymptomatic or very mild. But again, it's the case of do they have a brother or sister with pre existing conditions? Do they have a parent with pre existing conditions? Do they have a grandparent? with pre-existing conditions and that type of thing. Um, so, you know, we've got some big decisions to make over the next uh, four to six weeks as to how we handle those those things and, and from what we've seen um, all over the place, you know. And, and I think it's a big question that's going to be on everybody's mind. And I think for us as basketball coaches, the fall is going to say a lot about what the winter will have as well and what you know do we have crowds um do we kind of do what they're doing with the tbt or what they're going to do in orlando where it's just basically the teams the coaches the officials the essential employees i.e like scorekeepers that type of stuff and then that's it you know um we 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 got a lot of things to figure out don't you think oh yeah i mean it's I, i feel sorry for any States, I mean, all the state athletic associations trying to find the best way to get through this and get seasons in, and then it comes down to high school administration kind of 
decide what's right and wrong for your own school. Mm-hmm. And working in conjunction with other schools. And so if you're Millard West and Lincoln Southeast says we don't want to play or the Lincoln Public Schools say we don't want to play, you know, this is our policy. This is what we come up for Lincoln Public Schools. But Grand Island says, yeah, we'll play, you know, and then, you, you know, it just it gets it gets difficult. And and it's one of those deals um, where you could make a case where everybody is right. Um, and their philosophy, whatever their philosophy evolves into, everybody's going to be right in their own way. Um, it's just whether or not you agree with it, I think, is is another way we would look at it as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because there, I mean, there's no wrong answer right now because there is no answer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So, all right, I went first. You're up next. Headlines, and I don't have my button because I haven't figured out my new iPad yet. So, there, there's sound effects for you. You're up. You're up, Case. Are is MBA coming back too soon? And risking potential of not only high school sports but other professional sports losing the season. I think from everything that I've seen and heard and informed, I think I think the NBA is the, the safest place from COVID that you can almost have right now, unless you're like in a community that is really completely isolated, you're living in a in a really rural community that's kind of cut off, or you're living on a on a on a ranch or a farm out in the middle of of, of somewhere, um, uh, or you're on an island, you know, by yourself, like you know, uh, the cast of Gilligan Gilligan's Island would be okay, I guess. Uh, but um, from COVID, those guys are safer than pretty much anybody, you know, the way they've got everything set up and ready to go. I think there's other things that they have to contend with, with, um, with a lot of the mental health issues that people have gone through over the last three or four months with, with the isolate, you know, feeling isolated, feeling away from your family. I think if I was an NBA player, um, that would be the hardest part is being away from my family for that long. Um, but I think, from everything that I've heard and, and, and I listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff and um, it's about as safe as it can be from, from COVID from my understanding. And I could very well be wrong. Let me, let me say that. So uh, with that, with that though, do you think, I mean, there's been some teams that are starting to shut down because they've tested positive like mm-hmm. this week before they head down to Orlando next week. Mm-hmm. And there's been, some big names saying they're not going to play, maybe not some big names. Yeah. That's going to hurt the NBA. I mean, because you're not getting, I mean, what is it? They're playing like eight game, eight, is eight game season and then they start the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, some teams may be losing one of their top three players. Yeah. I mean that's gonna that's gonna I mean that's my I guess that's my only fear is is it gonna hurt the game more than more than anything? I mean I think yeah. the money part we I mean everyone knows that money's already an issue with Yeah. Or it's just trying to 
I mean, you're seeing minor leagues, G League, everything closed down, so it's going to hurt those smaller level teams. But what's it going to do for the NBA if you start losing players to this? I mean, a lot of people follow their favorite players sometimes more than they do their favorite team anymore. Yeah. I uh, I think from my list, and I could be off on that, we're taping this on Monday the 6th. And the biggest name that is not playing that I've seen so far is Victor Oladipo. And he's sitting out because of he had that tendon rupture in his quad or something like that. And he yeah. just wants to continue to rehab that. He said it's not necessarily because of the COVID. Um, you know, Avery Bradley is maybe the next most important player because he was a starter on the Lakers. Um but the 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 big guys, you know, your LeBrons, your Giannis's, um, you know, Kawhi's, all those guys, they they seem to be all in. I think, you know, if if the Lakers do or don't win the championship, um, because of Avery Bradley not being there, I if they don't win and they go, well, we didn't have Avery Bradley, well, then you probably weren't going to win it anyway, um, you know. Now, again, they've, from what I understand, they've given these guys the freedom to, if they get down there and after a couple of weeks or, you know, there's a, there's a spike within the, the, the bubble down there, they've given these guys the freedom to just basically tap out anytime they want to. Um, and, and if we start to see, you know, two starters from the Bucks and, and two starters from the Celtics and a starter from, you know, and all of a sudden we start having these mass defections, then I think it's, um, then I think it's the, the, it gets ugly, I think, in that regard. And you really start asking some questions. I honestly think once they get down there, I think they've got about every base covered that they probably can, from what I understand. And I think it will just kind of take off from there. Is, but it's just a matter of getting everybody down there, I think, will be the challenge. I think, I, think, I think that's the big thing is just getting everybody down there and no one's bringing it in. I mean, I know they're going to get tested. I think I saw daily. Yeah. Are they getting tested daily when they walk in or if yeah. they come into the arena or whatever? Yeah. I mean, I just, I'm just – I mean, you see the Bucks shut down their training camp. The Kings shut down their training camp yesterday because they've kept people test positive. Mm-hmm. And like, they're thinking they start games in almost two weeks, a little over two weeks. Uh, it's the thirtieth, I believe. Yeah, thirtieth, so almost I guess three two, weeks. Yeah, three and a half weeks. Yeah. Like, if you do get contracted with it, I mean, you do have your fourteen days to try to get better. But I don't even know if you'd want that person to even go down there. Yeah, and I and I think what they're you know what they're trying to do is they're trying to get these guys, let's catch all these positive tests. And if guys do test positive, we've given it enough time so that, you know, I think what they say, 16 guys tested positive uh, in that first round of testing. And now they're, they're all going down there. And that was about a week and a half ago. So they've quarantined, they've isolated. And now, you know, they've basically tried to get it out of the way and then they go down there and now they're in the bubble and okay, here we go for, you know, for some teams, it's going to be five weeks. If you're doing really well, it's going to be a lot longer than that. Um, you know, so I, I think, like I said, from, from everything I've 
listened to and watched and, and stuff, I think they're 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 way more they're going to be way more protected from COVID nineteen at, at the NBA level in that bubble than you and I are and in in Omaha and going to the store and going to Home Depot. Uh, for knickknacks that that we need, or even going to OSA practice like you and I go to, um, you know, do you I. Think, um, do you think? I don't know if anything's been developed. I know they were looking at some things. Do you think we could see any players wear a mask while they play? Or do you think I don't know. Too difficult to breathe in. I think it'd probably be too difficult to breathe in. Um, I mean, if, if Rip Hamilton was still playing, he'd probably find a way to put a mask on, you know. I mean, that, yeah, that's why good. Exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, he he would have like the full Darth Vader type of look yes. going on, the full mask. Um, and maybe they could like sell sponsorships on the mask or something like that, like they do with the uniform patches or whatever. So, um, no, I think it's good. I think it's going to be good. Like I said, I think it's just kind of one of the – I think they just need to get down there, and then I think once they get down there, I think everything's, in theory, they've covered about every base that they probably can. Um, I think, and I know we're talking about basketball, I think the, the NBA is safer than baseball, and, and the plan the plan they have for baseball, because baseball is going to be doing all the traveling yeah. and, and that type of thing. Um, I understand why baseball is doing that, but... I don't know. I, I I think I think basketball might be is is safer than what baseball is trying to do. Is the NBA and kind of staying on the same subject? But is the NBA doing anything like uh, the TBT is doing? If a team gets if a player gets contracted, they're out of the tournament, or are they out they're out of it. Uh it's, it's something like they've got to stay away. They got to quarantine for X amount of time, and they got to have X amount of positive tests. Or X amount of negative tests before they can come back. Um, player. What? It's just the player. Just the player. Okay. Yeah. One of you like, I saw pop up this morning that one of the teams that got a first round by, they had a couple guys test positive and they got taken out of the tournament. Yeah, I think that with the TBT, it's such a sprint. I mean, it's it's they're they're going to get it done in like what ten days or something like that. And so I, I think they're more, um, you know, I think they're more likely to do something more drastic in, in such a short span. And, and they don't have the insurance or the financial means that the NBA does uh, to, to fight a, let's say, a potential lawsuit if it spreads or, you know, right. that type of thing. So I'm sure that's probably what they were what they were thinking. But even then, those guys are supposed to be in a bubble. And somebody right. contracted it, um, or you know, tested positive after maybe they were uh, exposed to it ten days ago, let's say, or something like that. So I don't, I don't know what the timeline is for those guys, but that's what makes it so difficult. You know, yeah. um, it's it's not like, well, I know within twenty four hours that I've got it, and you know, being asymptomatic is good. But it's also a bad thing because you don't know who you're who you're spreading it to as well. Yep. So, yep. so, all right. Uh, next topic on headlines. Um, you and I are both AAU coaches here for the next few weeks. Um, 
what effect do you think um, this is going to have on recruiting for the for the twenty twenty one classes? Um, I think it's I think it's going to have I don't think it's going to have a huge impact, but I think it's going to have an impact. Um, I mean, you can always watch film. I mean, most of the games I've noticed are. Most of the places are filming them or having them live stream, so college coaches can watch. Mm-hmm. But you can't always get a player's demand or attitude, everything during a game that way. So I think that could affect some things. Uh, and you may not be able to see everything you want watching on film. I mean, it's kind of like when we scout games. You see some things, but you don't see it all. Yeah. But I think seeing someone in person is always a lot better. So I think it affects it a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be a drastic, drastically hurt these kids that are going to be graduating in 2021. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 I agree with everything that you said. And the only thing that I see is uh, a few more um, coaches with perhaps – uh, regrettable decisions based on things that they would have picked up on during a live session, like you talked about, body language, uh, how they handle mistakes, um, how they carry themselves around their teammates, because the camera can only pick up so much, like you said. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing I know, you know, Coach Finley at Iowa State talks about this. I know Coach McDermott talks about this. Um, parents and how parents are reacting in the stands and, and their, their body language and, and how, uh, they react to positive or negative situations. Uh, you, you don't have, um, you don't have that, uh, opportunity to check out those, those really, really important things. It's the, the, you know, just as well as I do, it's easy to pick the kids who have the great crossover, the great jump shot, the, the great defensive stands, it's all the, the other intangibles, and especially when you get into a, a college situation, um, those are the things that a lot of times separate kids that will make it and kids that won't make it. And, and I, that's kind of the biggest uh, thing that's going to hurt the, the coaches um, and, and, and their recruiting process. Um, and I could see you know, some coaches say, ah, man, if, if – in a normal situation, I would not have recruited player X, Y, and Z, uh, but you know, it, because I would have known this and this and this, but I didn't have that chance to do that. Right, and then on on the flip side of that, it might be good for some kids that maybe they aren't the best player, or they do have great attitudes. They just had a really good game, or they had a great game, and they watched it. It might give some kids potentially another an offer that they may not get yeah um which can go be good and bad like you said but it may give if if coaches are watching something watching somebody else and they're watching the film on you it could be turned out to be better off for another kid in the back in the back end yeah kind of the uh the dexies midnight runners rule yeah. that's what i call it the one hit wonder you know yeah. uh here's this great game man i looked really good and don't 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 watch anything else don't you know uh just 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 stay with this one here and 
yeah, I mean, kids kids are going to get offers based on probably one off performances, and and coaches coaches are human. Um, yeah. They're going to get nervous. They're going to. Uh, we need to fill out this class. We're looking for somebody. Hey, this kid looks. Look at this game that they had against this one kid that we're recruiting. We can't find anything else about him, but we get pretty good uh, feedback from from Coach X, Y, or Z that we know. Um, and usually they're going to be on mark with that. Um, yeah whether it's a positive thing or a negative thing, if they're doing their homework, they're going to, they're going to know the people that they're going to trust in those situations. But, you know, I do agree with you that a kid could have one great game and just get on the radar of, of one program. And they find out that, you know, power, you know, even a, even a mid-major school is recruiting them, even though they're probably a D2 kid, but that mid-major saw them play that one game. So, you know, maybe they, you know, they're talking, they're, they're doing stuff and, and they do get elevated a little bit more than what they maybe normally would not have. Yeah. I, mean, I and going back to the overall thing with recruiting high school kids right now, I mean, I feel sorry for the kids that are, I mean, on that, on that edge where they could be, they could be an NAI kid or they could be a D2 kid or a D1 kid. I mean, I feel sorry for them because they're they're in a tough situation this summer and potentially this winter if if something happens we don't have high school basketball. Mm-hmm. But don't you think this could also work in the favor of of kind of getting some normalcy back to it, kind of the traditional? Um, let me go talk to the high school coach because yeah. there wasn't much of an AAU season, so now I've got to get film from the high school coach because I didn't get a chance to see this kid in a live recruiting area. And I've got to talk to that high school coach and, and the high school, you know, I, again, most AAU coaches do this for the right reasons and they're doing it the right way. But there, there are those that, uh, unfortunately give AAU ball, a, a, a bit of a black eye because they either elevate their kids too much or they're looking out for themselves and the reputation of the program. They know a kid is not a division one kid, but they're pushing to get the kid signed for division one, even though they know they're a division two player, but it looks good for their program to say this kid went division one. Um, that, you know, some of that can maybe put the power back into the hands of the high school coach now and, and a little bit more of an honest evaluation um, in that regard. You know, that's another way to look at it. Yeah, and that's and that's true. I mean, it, it does throw the high school coaches back in the loop a little more, because uh, I mean, you see sometimes where I mean, anymore, most people go to the AAU coach a little before, a little more than they go to the high school coach sometimes. Yeah, oh, I think that's definitely been the movement in the last ten years. I, I without a doubt, um, and and I, you know, I had one Division One player. Um, Division one athlete in 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 my time at Scott as a, as a as a basketball potential Division one basketball player. Um, most of my other kids were Division two, or most of them were NAI and that that wanted to play. Um, and I still did not have. Uh, I had a lot more communication with college coaches my first five years than I did my last seven or eight years uh, about those kids. Yeah, just because it seemed to slide more and more to the AAU stuff. Yeah. So we could see a transfer back to that, you know, um, at least for one winter uh, because they'll be dependent. 
a little bit more on the high school evaluation and the high school information. Now, your good coaches are going to look at both. You know, yes. they're, they're not going to just depend on the AAU coach or the high school coach. They're going to go to both. They're going to get as much information as they can um, on those kids to make sure that they're making the right choice for their program as well. Yeah. So, all right. Your turn for headlines. That's my sound effect on the table. So <laughs> that's, that, that's the best I can do today. Where, where do you see everything going in i mean from years to from now till i mean i mean hopefully everything's figured out in the next year or so but how how, how much of an effect does this have, everything have over the next few years with recruiting with the like covid with recruiting where kids may where in nba you're seeing high school kids just go straight to the nba or the g league um where do you see this all putting everything in the end does it hurt does it hurt like the development phases of kids or are these kids doing the right thing maybe jumping too quickly or transferring out because something's going on at that school with the virus do you think that's going to have a lasting effect for a long time or is that something that's always going to be there i don't know i mean that kind of just depends on the science i think um you know if it's a one-year blip um but then it's a one-year blip, and you kind of look back on it, and you go, oh, that was pretty crazy. You know, you remember that? And, yeah, I couldn't believe all that stuff was going on. But if, if you're like somebody like, you know, Bruce Chubbick, uh, who was on my interview pod this week, you know, I mean, that's one year out of 50, you know, yeah. per se. Uh, I, you know, I, I just I think it just, you know, not to, not to sound wishy-washy, but I think it just depends on, where the virus goes and where the science takes it. And, and if, you know, it, it seems like, um, that there is a, a pretty good promise of some sort of vaccine developed by the winter time, whether it's on this side or the other side of the holidays, um, at least a vaccine that they can start to give out in, uh, to, to people at the highest risk. And then, you know, probably people like you and I, we're going to be down the, we're going to be down the list as far as people who get the vaccine. There's a lot of other people that need it more than you and I because of their pre-existing conditions and that type of thing. So I, I think that that might be something where we, you know, it's just like, okay, um, for us, um, let's say we get to the middle of October, um, and they, and, and the scientists tell us, Hey, you know, it looks like in a month we we you know we got to keep running the numbers, but man, this is looking really promising. That in four weeks or eight weeks, we're this is going to be the drug. We're we're on our final stage of the of the trial runs or however they do it. Uh, that's you know those people are a lot smarter than you or I. Uh, but okay, well then let's just do what we're going to do, and we'll make a few adjustments, but we'll just ride this out. Uh, until we get to four to eight weeks from there and then we get the vaccines going and we just kind of ride it out and we make the most out of it for the masses um that that might be the best case scenario for everything you know not only basketball but wrestling school in general um you know that type of stuff um do you think there could be and i i mean I've, I've talked to a couple high school football coaches and 
Um, I was just thinking about this for basketball. Do you see, like, let's say, beginning of October, we have a little bit of a rush, spike and stuff, and we're hesitant on basketball. Do you foresee something where they, we don't play basketball till January and whatever is at the beginning of the season, we kind of yeah. throw out the door? I mean, I could see them, you know, doing what they did with Legion Baseball here in Nebraska or or, or state-sponsored baseball in Iowa. You know, we're, we got to wait until December 15th to start practice. Uh, we're not ready to start, you know, because uh, there's a spike. We got to push everything back from, uh, you know, I don't know when practice, November 15th. I don't know what the exact date is. Yeah. But, you know, and instead of playing 26 games, well, this year we only get in, you know, you only get in, 15, 16 regular season games, and uh, and then we go from there. I mean, I think that's a that's a possibility as well. You know, I and we're in a situation, you know, here in Nebraska where, you know, everything knock on proverbial wood, you know, it's been pretty steady. It's been pretty steady, and and everything has kind of moved in a normal. You know, the the cases are going down, the death rate is going down. Uh, but you know, compared to Arizona, Texas, and Florida, uh, right now uh, on this date, we're we're looking really, really good. Um, so I think it's I think it's going to be kind of the the Constitution at work and the the federal system at work, and I think each state's going to have to make their own decisions as to what's going to be best for their state unions. Yeah, I mean it's no different than when I mean Nebraska kept we kept. We kept playing this boy state tournament. Mm-hmm. There was a place shutting down, and I think I think I think our association and the state did the right thing, mm-hmm. and we're doing the right things on who got into the gym and who got to watch the game stuff. I mean, yeah, it stinks for some of those kids and families that didn't get to watch them play live, but mm-hmm. we also had the opportunity of having a state or having a TV channel pick up all the games. Yeah. I, I I could see like for football or volleyball some sort of hybrid like that. Well, we're still going to play the games, but only family members, uh, especially for your indoor sports. It's, it sounds like again, and I'm I'm not a scientist. I just play one on TV, but um, you know the outdoor areas. It's not as communicable, um, and so a a football. Um, you know you can't pack the stands you know the student body might but but mom dad grandpa grandma brother sister they can go to the games most of your football facilities there's there's enough space where if it's just family members you can spread out in in various ways and and you make it work and i and i think i think what they're going to try and do my guess would be and i have no inside information on this but they're going to try and find a way to have activities to make it work in some way, shape, or form, and if they have, if those are the concessions that they need to make, I think that's what they're going to do, kind of like they what they did with the state tournament. What do you think they did? Uh, this would limit fans for the most part, besides maybe students. But uh, what if they had games during the school day? Well, I would like that. I mean, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be. I mean, I know teachers and kids would like it. Yeah. But I'm just thinking, like that would limit your that would control how many people are in a gym or on a, at a field. But you're also the issue would be maybe 
officials and all that. Yeah. I was just going to say su- uh, support staff logistics would yeah. be the biggest thing. You know, in football, uh, who's running your scoreboard? Who's who's the the uh, the chain gang? Um, right. You know, your trainers, you, you know, all those other things. Uh, you know, even for, for coaching staffs, you know, well, I've got a full-time job. I, I, I got to, you know, give get the Penske file done here. Yeah. So um, I can't leave to go coach. Um, but if we played at seven o'clock at night, I can play or I can coach, you know? So I think that throws a monkey wrench into it as well. No, no, that just popped my head. I was like, that might limit some fans anyway. Yeah. Or, or if, yeah, well, you know, you couldn't do that either. Um, I was just going to say, if you had it during the school day, you, you make it with just the students can attend. Uh, but I don't think that'd be fair to parents either. Uh, yeah. You know, and that's you got you got to take care of the families first in in yeah. whatever way, shape, or form you're going to do it. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, all right. Headlines. I type sixty-seven words a minute. Um, that's pretty good. That is pretty good. Um, did you look at the NBA schedule? Yeah, I did. Okay, I've got my top five games. Did you go into depth with it that much? Um, I did on some of them. Okay. I got my, I got my top five games and the reasons why. So, uh, I'm going to go, no, you go, you go name all five, name all yours, and then I'll see if I have anything different. Okay. Uh, first one would be the LA versus LA matchup on July 30th, just because those two teams hate each other and they're both really good. Uh, now I, I think it's, I understand why they're doing it because they want eyeballs on the TV set, but they could put me and you out. Well, maybe not me and you out there playing one on one, but they could they could put about any game out there that day, and people are going to be watching it just because it'll be the NBA. So I think it's a little bit of a waste of a marquee game, but it'll be basketball, and that's the most important thing. So, so that's my number one. Uh, I'm going in chronological order of when they're going to come on. Um, my second one is on August the 3rd, I've got Memphis versus New Orleans, um, both for seeding and to see Ja Morant and Zion go at it. I think that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, my third one is my two dark horse picks in the Western Conference on, on the same day, August the 3rd, Denver and Oklahoma City. I think I don't think either one of those teams can win it, but I think they can beat somebody that could win it. Um, a little bit of a Cinderella to screw things up for maybe a round. Um, the fourth one I've got is Boston versus Toronto on August the 7th, uh, just because I think that's going to be big to see who gets the number two seed in the East, uh, which it has nothing to do. Those two will probably play each other in the, in the second round, but yeah. in the East, there's six pretty good teams, and then there's a huge drop-off between seven and eight, and so whoever gets the number two avoids the number six, and that number six could be like Philadelphia, um, and so you wouldn't want to play them in the first round. I'd much rather play the New Jersey Nets, or well, the Brooklyn Nets that look much more like the New Jersey Nets now than the, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, than Philly in the first round. And then my fifth one was kind of for the same thing, Philadelphia versus Houston on August 14th. Uh, And I think that's close to the end of the regular season. 
and both of those teams could be vying to to move up or down to kind of strategically place themselves where they want to be at going into the playoffs. I thought that would be uh, a good game to watch as well for those reasons. The one game I won't be watching, I'll pretty much watch anything NBA right now, but on July 31st, I will not be watching Phoenix versus Washington. I will I will pass on that wholeheartedly. Uh, I, I can watch Devin Booker play. That's about it. That's, that's about it. That's about it. So... I don't know how that match up with you. I was pretty close to the same. I had a couple different. Uh, I had the Grizzlies and the Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. I think I have. I I like. I think the Trailblazers could be a could be could get that eight seed. Um, yeah, they've got two guys coming back that, are, that were key for them inside. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think that could be a difference, but then I mean, and then you had John Moran in there, and then they and with the Grizzlies adding Justice Winslow too. Yep, yep. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't name this one the Celtics and the Bucks. I thought about it. I, I, I just think I, I mean to me that's the Eastern Conference Finals game right there. Yeah, I, I thought about it. I just thought it was more um, with the Boston Toronto one, avoiding that who's going to get the two to try and get to the seven. Because the yeah. three six is going to be a lot harder than the two seven, from what I've seen. So yeah, I, that that was my thought process. But I see what you're saying. Uh, and then the other one, it and this might be just all their all eight of their games is the seventy sixers. Yeah, but I think every single one of their games intrigued me because is Ben Simon's going to be healthy, mm-hmm. and can Embiid stay on the floor long enough? To carry them because he's going to have to do it, but he's also had injury. He's been injury prone. Yeah. So I think that game they play the Raptors on August twelfth is going to be key because that could be make or break. Yeah. I mean, they're going to get. I mean, they should get in the way the standings look. But what side of the brackets they want to be on is the big thing. Yeah. It, it's it, in some ways, like if you're Philly, you know, if you could. F- you know, if you could find a way to get to, you know, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, because you don't really want to go up to four or five because then you're playing Milwaukee in the semifinal, but you don't want to be at six because, you know, you don't want to play Celtics or or the Raptors, but if you fall to to seven, you're playing the Celtics or the Raptors, you know, so, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of in a tough spot, but you know, if they could go to a four or five and maybe get like an Indiana team that maybe isn't as strong, and 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 a lot of this, and and I, I assume we're going to talk about title favorites as well. Um, a lot of this is going to come down to who stays healthy, um, and uh, whether it's from COVID or whether it's from soft tissue injuries, or there's probably un, you know unfortunately the the odds tell us that someone at some point is going to suffer a catastrophic injury like like Durant did or or Clay Thompson did last year and i really think that this setup is going to really favor the teams that are the deepest not to give away my title picks here um you know just because this is going to be a a, a big time battle of attrition um in a lot of ways in my eyes but i see what you're saying about Philly 
and just everything they do is is intriguing. They they were like the Kardashians when it was cool to keep up with the Kardashians, maybe. Yeah, I mean they. I mean they've got they've got two of the best players in the NBA, but they can't figure it out together. That's the big problem. Yes, yeah, they they don't match up together. That's for sure. That's for sure. All right, that's our schedule. That's our scheduling suggestion. So set your DVR. For, for all of that stuff. Um, is it my turn or your turn? Oh, we can just go right into whatever we want for picks if we want. Okay, let's wrap up with picks. Like dark, or dark horses or whatever you like or don't like. Okay, how about this? I've got I've got my title favorites, five to one, and then I've got a dark horse. Okay. Um, is that something like you got? Yeah. Okay. All right, so let's do that. So let's go five to one. And we'll alternate. So let's start with your number five title favorite. My number title. My number five is. Hold on. Let me pull my list up here. You're 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 the yeah. You're you're number five out of your top five. Not your favorite. Your fifth favorite. Yeah, I'm trying to get to my list here. Okay. I don't think. I think it's going to be kind of. I'm going to go. My mine is Houston. Oh, that was not on my list. I, I, I mean, the way Westbrook was playing, some of they I mean he was playing his best basketball all year when when everything shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're gonna be, they're not gonna be big, which that's why they traded Capella. Uh huh. But if Harden can, I mean, if Harden can get on fire, and you have Westbrook, I mean, there's. I mean, there could be 80 points a night for those two. Yeah. Hey, just he added, uh, God, what was it? Uh, he added Robert Covington, who can shoot, extend them mm-hmm. and play defense. Mm-hmm. You've got Eric Gordon, who can still fill it up. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, you've got four guys off the bench that can give you something. And Austin Rivers, Ben McLemore, uh, Tamari Carroll and Jeff Green. Yeah, I mean they're they're small, so if they play anybody that has a any type of post, they're going to struggle. But man, if they're I mean if they're just making shots and Westbrook's in transition, they're going to be a tough team to. I mean they're going to be sneaky tough team to beat. Yeah, I think it's I think they're going to make a great run, or they're going to be done quick. I don't think there's going to be any happy medium for them. That's my opinion. So, which, which is true. I was just like, I mean, I was just when I was going through teams the other day. I'm like, man, they've got everything you need. Can they put it together and figure it out? Yeah, yeah. Okay, my number five, and we haven't talked about this team yet. We haven't even mentioned them on your schedule or my schedule. But again, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna err on the side of depth and chemistry and toughness those are going to be my big three things okay my number five is the miami heat yeah and they got they got a tough dude in jimmy butler they're deep spolstra's been there they're they're a they're a mentally tough team and you know 
they're in the East. And if, you know, the, the biggest question mark in the East, not to give away too much on my list, is Giannis is far and away the best player in the East. But, again, if he sprains an ankle, if he gets... If something were to happen with a with a COVID diagnosis or something like that, then all of a sudden everything opens up. I think if Giannis is healthy, I think Milwaukee's far and away, and and I think Mil- I think Miami just kind of has that swag about them that they just they're not going to be afraid of anybody, and and they're gonna you know I could see them embracing just the the culture that they have there. Them going, hey, this is this is perfect for us. The, the worst, you know, the more everybody else is going to complain about stuff, we're going to be like, doesn't bother us. We're just going to go out and play ball. And so I could see them kind of rising to the occasion in this environment. So that was my number five. You want me to give you my number four and then we'll go to your number four? Yeah. Okay. My number four is Boston. And I, again, you've heard my criteria. I think they're better than Miami. Uh, I think they score it better. I don't think they defend quite as well. I, I think I think teams are going to really struggle to score the first uh, throughout this whole eight game preseason and probably into the first round of the playoffs. And I think Boston with Tatum and the way he was playing before everything stopped, and Jalen Brown and Kemba's going to be recovered from his tweaked knee. Um, and again, they've got good chemistry. They play great defense. Um, and they're again they're in the east. Um, I, I think it's just an easier path uh, to to bust through if you're in the east. So that's my number four. My number four is the Raptors. They were not on my list. Uh, they are. They're very. You don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. But I think. I think uh, they've been there. I know they lost Kawhi. I know they lost Danny Green. Um, they're saying OG might be back. Mm-hmm. If he is, that's a plus. Yeah. Um, but Fred Van Fleet can, as a floor general, he can, he can shock you a little bit. Bach and Gasol can control the inside. Um, it'll just come down to their biggest thing is, and what you brought up is key, is their depth? They don't have the depth that I don't. I don't know if they have the depth to be able to get it done. Yeah, I mean that's why I have them at four um, instead of going up to three. Uh-huh. And uh huh. And I agree with you. I you know they probably if I had gone all the way down to six or seven, they probably would have been in there. Um, I mean, I didn't even mention Pascal. Yeah. I mean Pascal's had. I mean, from I mean he was a no name last year in the finals. Yeah. Pretty much. Now he's a double double guy every night. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't even mention Lowry. I mean, you still got Kyle Lowry. Yeah. So I mean, I just think they're going to find a way. They're going to be in that two three slot. Now it just comes down to do they have enough on the bench to be able to stay with them? Yep. Okay. All right. So we went with your four. So let's go with your three. My three is the Celtics. Oh wow. Okay, all right. I know I'm missing teams here, but I'm. I, this is going to be off the wall. Okay. All right, I got the Celtics. Uh, I think the key is going to be what happens 
Well, Jalen Brown announced today that he is going to play. Okay. And he was going to sit out for, you know, social justice issues. It had nothing to do with COVID, I assume. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, now it depends if Gordon Hayward leaves when his when his wife has the baby in September or not. Mm-hmm. If they're still playing, but Kemba, Jalen, Tatum, Al Horford with. I mean, the experience, the old man out there on the floor. Mm-hmm. I think they have the depth. They have they have the useness to probably be able to pick it up and go right away. Yeah. I mean, kind of, kind of some of the things you said as well, but I just think their, and their schedule is actually pretty easy. I mean... All things their, considered, yeah. Their first three games are tough. I mean, Bucks. Trailblazers heat but after I mean I guess they got the Raptors later on but I mean there's no reason they can't win five or six of those games for sure yeah yeah I just think I I just think they I mean I think they have the youth and I think they have I think they have the most depth in the East to be able to carry somebody yep okay my third my number three is the Los Angeles Lakers. And there's only one reason why I have them at number three. Is if LeBron, if anything happens to LeBron James, they are up a creek without a paddle. They are awful when he's not on the floor. And Anthony Davis is an outstanding player, uh, but when he was at New Orleans... And he had a better surrounding cast at New Orleans than what he has in Los Angeles, minus LeBron. And, you know, at best they were a six or seven seed, something like that, whatever they were. Um, He's not, at this stage of his career, I don't think he's able to carry them to a title. Now, if LeBron, and I'm giving LeBron the benefit of the doubt that he is going to be healthy and and all that. I mean, he's shown other than last year where he pulled the the groin really bad that that you know he's pretty much inhuman um but i i just think they're so top heavy and to go for as long as they're gonna go and not have anything negative happen to somebody um it's it's just gonna be hard in my opinion um and I, I think those two together, if, if you're playing two-on-two, if it's NBA Jam from 1988, 1989, yeah, yeah. these guys are going to win it four out of five times. Uh, but I, I just, that's my worry with them, their lack of depth. I think they're tough enough. I think they got great chemistry. Uh, and I think their top two is better than any other duo in the in the league. I just don't know if those guys are going to carry all the way through for three months plus down there. Right. So... That's my thought. So, I, agree. I mean, injuries. I mean, we've seen injured Jordan, or not Jordan, LeBron be carried off on the floor multiple times and come back and whatever. But yeah, he is kind of the king of that. Amongst other things, he's the king of many things. But he is the king of the catastrophe, uh, the the king of the soccer injury, I guess. Sometimes. Yes. You know, don't tell him I said that because he no, would kill I, me. I, I'll, I'll make sure I hold that of our 
text messages we send back. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. Uh, so it's my number, my number two, right? Yeah. Um, I've got the Clippers. I've got the Clippers. They fit my criteria. Um, the th- and I think if everything would have kept going the way that it was, I think they might have been my favorite. But um, I, I don't know how much they're going to be able to put their whole roster together in this short amount of time. Um, I think Kawhi is awesome. I think Paul George is awesome. Um, I, I think I really like their team. Um, but and, and they've got the depth and they've got the the, the alpha dogs. Um, I, I think they've got the toughness. I just they haven't made that run altogether. And maybe I'm still a little old school, but I think you have to go through and make a run and maybe fail first before you make the run and succeed. Um, and I, and I don't think they've had that opportunity to fail before they could succeed yet. That's, and maybe again, maybe that's too old fashioned of thinking, but, um, I, I, that's, I, I got them at two. I've got, so it's my two. Mm-hmm. I've got the Lakers. Okay. Um, LeBron's LeBron. I mean, he carries it like you said. If he gets hurt, yes, it's a travesty for them. Uh, but I think Anthony Davis is the key. Mm-hmm. And if he stays on the floor, he's what better than... Uh, I mean, he just he can do it all. He can post. He can bring the ball to the floor. I just think he's the key for them winning in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Their depth on the bench scares me. J.R. Smith does not bring anything to the table. I don't understand this. <laughs> but uh, I just think you've got LeBron, who's the best, best player in the NBA, and I think AD's right behind him. Yeah. Uh, their guard play really scares me when you're hoping that Rondo and Caruso can be your point guards or shooting guards that yeah. but when you have LeBron to be a point forward that's fine but is his body going to be in the condition to be able to go for the next three months yeah and if this is his 10th year in the league I say yeah you know I think but year 17 he's got a lot of miles on those tires and yeah. and that's what worries me there so yeah all right so we were at number one. Who you got? My number one is Milwaukee Bucks. That, that is my number one as well. Um, Giannis, if he can come back, I mean, if he can play just what he was doing, I mean, he's unstoppable. I mean, I know I said LeBron's number one and AD's number two, but that guy's not that far off. Yeah. Uh They've got a nice mixture with Bledsoe and Matthews at the guards. Um, Chris Middleton, he could be, I mean, he's streaky, but man, if that guy is on, if he's making shots, watch out. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they just have, I think they just click just enough. They have just enough that um, they've all been together long enough. They've had a few pieces here and there, but their offense is just so fluent. Mm-hmm. It's, it's. I mean, Boonholzer got it from Pop, so I mean, you know what they did in the past when Pop had the Spurs, so 
this just kind of works for them well. Yeah. No. I don't, I don't see. I, I don't. I don't see anybody in the East that can compete with them right now. Mm-hmm. On in a seven game series. Yeah. I I agree with everything that you're saying. And that's why I picked them. I, I think one of the big reasons why I picked them over the two LA teams is I think they're just going to be fresher um, going into. Okay, so they're they're so far ahead in the East that the eight games is just going to be an eight game warm up. Okay, and then they're going to be probably playing either Orlando or Washington in the first round. Well, that's another four or five game warm up, um, and, and then. You know, again, depending on how the math falls, uh, I don't really see them having to really crank it up until the sim until the conference finals and the and and then projecting out to the finals. And I and I and I think that's and then I think at that point I think you know one of the things that Budenholzer got criticized for last year was you know he was still playing his regular rotation um, during the playoffs and Giannis was only playing 31, 32 minutes. I think then at that point you go, Giannis, you're out there for 40, 42, 44 minutes. And we're going to play you like LeBron's going to play it. Like, like Steph Curry would, if he was in this situation, like all these, you know, um, you know, he's, he's going to short, I think they learned lessons from last year. And, and, and again, kind of that, kind of the difference between them and the Clippers is the Clippers haven't failed together yet. I think what with Milwaukee failing last year, I think the lessons learned by both the players and the coaching staffs and the the depth uh, that they have, they have the chemistry, they have the toughness, and you know, I just, I just, you know, you you add it all up, and I I just think they, um, if I had to 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 put your mortgage payment on a on a sports bet right now. Um, that's that's who I'd go with is with those guys um, for everything that we talked about. So we agree on that one. So now you're probably wondering why I don't even have the Clippers in the top five. I was just gonna say, is that your dark horse? No. Who's your dark horse? Dark horse is hold on. I was looking. I was looking at something. I was looking at some schedules. Um, why did you not have the Clippers in there? I just don't think they're injury prone. Um, I mean, I know George missed 15 games the beginning of the season. They had Kawhi on his whatever they had him on his load management. Um, but I just don't think they are. They have enough depth. Lou Williams is always questionable. Uh, Landry Shandy is up in the air too. I just don't think they have the depth to make a run, and you're putting way too much on Paul George and Kawhi's back. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I know those two have made the run before, but I don't know if anybody else has had that on their back to be able to push and go far enough. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so my dark horse, my dark horse is actually your Miami Heat. Okay. I just, um, like, it's kind of what you said. They're kind of that gritty team. They're going to get down. They're young. Uh, they're athletic. They're not going to They're not going to be pushed around by anybody. They've kind of all got that mean bone in them, like they're going to get after it. Yeah, junkyard dog. Yep. And, uh, and Jimmy Butler, I mean, I know I said you can't have one guy that 
those two guys can't carry it all, but Jimmy Butler can do it, and he's got that ego that he's going to make sure they get it done. Yeah. He, and then you get then then you get the leadership that you have with Iguodala coming over. Oh, I forgot about him. Yes, yes. And that, I mean, you're going to have somebody that was in MVP MVP finals. Yep. In the finals. Mm-hmm. That's who my dark horse is. I mean, it's not really a stretch, but it. Um, I just think. I mean, they, I mean, them and Houston are probably one A or like five A, five B. Gotcha. Okay. My dark horse, and again, it's a team we haven't talked about yet. Well, I, no, I did. I did mention them in in my schedule. Um, Denver. Now, do I think? Obviously, I, I don't think they're a favorite by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but you know, they know they're going to have Jokic, uh, assuming that he continues to cover. It, it's almost like. You know, and I don't mean to sound like this. This this is not a negative statement, or I'm I'm not being insensitive by saying this, but it's like, okay, our best player has gotten COVID, and he's kind of over it. We've kind of moved on from that. You know what I mean? Um, and, and so that's now kind of okay. Well, we've just gotten through that. Um, in, in that regard, when we're thinking of basketball, again, I don't mean that to be insensitive to anybody who's got family members uh, uh, suffering from this terrible virus, but. At some point, those young teams have to have a point where they break they break through, like the Pistons did with the Celtics, like the Bulls did with the Pistons, and 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 maybe this is the the situation, the time, the uh, the 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 opportunity for Denver to break through against one of these teams, and I, and I think they're going to need a break. I think they're. You know, Jokic would have to play really well, or Jamal Murray would have to take a next step for them. But they've got depth, they've got toughness. Um, you know, uh, they would need a, a team maybe like if they if they get matched up with, uh, let's say, a, a Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, you know, they would need LeBron uh, or or LeBron and AD. Maybe they're gonna they're gonna do what they do. But the, like you said, with the Lakers, the supporting cast just plays really really bad for three or four games and. They're not shooting it well. They start feeling the pressure from LeBron. You know, uh, you know. again, they're a dark horse for a reason. they they got to catch a couple breaks along the way, as does everybody. But that that could be a team that I could see going, hey, you know, we're going to bust through. We're young. We're naive. Uh, they're, they're, they're a really young team. I, I think it in this situation, if you've got a younger team, in some ways it helps you because, you know, they're not leaving as much family behind. They're not missing their... Uh, their their wife and their kids as much, and I again I can't. Uh, to me, that's kind of going to be one of the bigger mental barriers is just the family separation, and all of those guys are really young, and maybe they maybe they make a run at it. Maybe, maybe you know that's my that's my dark horse pick. I, I I I don't like me personally. I don't like Houston. I I think they're a bit of a one trick pony, and once teams figure them out over a a seven game series. I think they're going to have a hard time. Um, you know, now the flip side of that is Houston could give them a hard, if they hit a three or four game stretch where they're hitting 23s a game and the ball looks like a bushel basket or the basket looks like a bushel basket, then the, yeah. it's going to go the other way. But I kind of see it more going the, the former rather than the latter myself. So, so as we've talked about all these teams, I found, uh, I know I had tagged it somewhere like, 
somebody came up with the cumulative opponent winning percentage versus the old schedule and the new schedule. Okay. So, these are the, on the new schedule, these are the teams that have, this is the top five of the toughest schedule. Toronto is one. Okay. Miami is two. The Lakers are three. Mm-hmm. Denver is four. And Portland is five. Okay. And we named, what, four of those five teams? Yeah. As our top five or... Yeah, they're in our six-pack. Yeah. Yeah. The teams with the easiest schedule, New Orleans, 22, Philadelphia, 21, Sacramento, 20, Brooklyn, 19, and... Boston at 18. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Boston could leap a Toronto, which could change the dynamics of some things. Um, you know, New Orleans has a chance to jump up to that 8 or 9 spot. Well, they probably won't get to the 8 spot, but they get to the 9 spot, force the playoff with a with a Memphis. Um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to shake out there. And that just kind of shows, like, I mean, we both had, let's see, Milwaukee has the 11th, so they're right in the middle. Right in the middle. And like I said, they're, they're so far ahead, they're just yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to they, use it as they a... Could win, they could win one game and lose the rest and still be the one seed. Yeah. Yeah. And you know they're going to win more than one. And that and that's with Boston or Toronto running the table, too. Running the table. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's, again, that's what Milwaukee's going to... They got the eight games to warm up, and then like they're going to get Orlando or Washington, so that's another four or five games to warm up. That you know, they you know even if you look at in the West, you're going to have if you're the one seed, you're going to have to contend with a kind of a uh, 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 a spry Memphis team or a a spry New Orleans team who is at least physically going to push you in some way shape or form um if you're a two seed you've got an oklahoma city or you've got a a houston who you don't really want to match up with you know um we didn't talk about it all was dallas or dallas yeah i mean i don't want to play luka Doncic with with my seasons on the line you know i don't play Doncic or porzingis if he's healthy Mm -hmm. with a terrific coach and rick carlisle you know so that's why you know, when we were talking about schedule, when we were talking about how things line up, that's why I was so big on Milwaukee and, and Toronto, um, or on Milwaukee and Boston, because I think just being a one or two in the East is just going to give you, f- just, it's kind of like in the state tournament, and you may be a three seed, but the six seed is really should be the eight seed, but, but the way the math adds up, yeah. That's 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 really you know so you kind of get that golden ticket in that first round and that's kind of the way I see this kind of breaking down you know so but hey we got basketball to talk about again case and we've got live basketball to coach and we've got live basketball to watch and that's the best thing of all so it feels like, it feels like we're almost getting back to normal it's uh, baby steps as what yeah. about Bob would say. You know, so anything else, man? I don't think so. I think we had quite a bit. Yeah, we did. Uh, we did. It was good. It was good. So, 
uh, hold the line here. I got to get everything signed off and we'll roll from there. Um, Again, Headlines, Volume 2 with Casey Hall, my good buddy Casey. Uh, again, we want to thank uh, COSAC Chiropractic for sponsoring the podcast. If you're in need of services, give Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi a call at 402-964-0300. Tell them that a pen and a napkin sent you. Follow us on Twitter, a pen and a napkin. Uh, download, rate, review the pod. And if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email us at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. My name is Marty Plum. This has been Casey Hall with Headlines, Volume 2, and hopefully we've given you some stuff to think about as basketball starts to creep its way back into our lives. Coaches, as always, let's pray for peace, let's stay safe, and let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time. <laughs>